Romans chapter 13, we are continuing. Uh, we've had kind of a, a sub-series in the midst of our studying the book of Romans topically. Uh, we found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that God says that we're not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed. The word conformed means looking like, agreeing with, or uh, functioning exactly like the world. God says, I don't want you to be like the world. I want you to be transformed. That's the word metamorphosis, like from a caterpillar to a butterfly. There's a total change. And he said you do this by the renewing of your mind. Now listen to this for a second here. That means this. Having a transformed life is a changing of the mindset. That means being conformed to the world is a mindset. And we have to change from thinking like the world to thinking the way God wants us to think. And all of Romans chapter 12 and all of Romans chapter 13, because God never gives a command without giving us the ability to obey that command. In both of these chapters, God shows us exactly what areas and how to change our thinking. And we have gone through five weeks of this tonight, week number six, and I'm excited about this one. Uh, I just told Brother Anthony, in my opinion, this may be the most exciting truth of all of them, and most everybody in here will just say, ho-hum. But this one's pretty powerful. Uh, for those of you that uh, like chewing on uh, the meat of the word, this is going to be good for you. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 13, verse number 8. We're going to read just three verses together here. You follow along. Owe no man anything. I want you to underline that word, anything. Owe no man anything, but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now, I want you to circle two words in that verse. Circle the word O. That's O-W-E, not O-H. And the word fulfilled. I look at verse 9. For this thou shalt Com, uh, for this, thou shalt commit adultery. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou sh that was the RSV. Uh, thou shalt not bear false witness. Maybe that was the HIV. I don't know. But uh, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandments, it be briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt what? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill. To his neighbor, therefore, love is the, circle this word, fulfilling of the law. Now, listen to me very carefully. There are some who think that it is not biblical to ever be in debt financially. You will go long and hard to find that anywhere in the scripture. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about debt. The Bible says that you shouldn't pay usury the word usury is not is not interest it is exorbitant interest usury is what you're paying on your credit card right now 25 26 28 29 percent that's called usury that's called bad debt uh, but very few people especially as you're starting out have enough money to put two three four hundred thousand dollars down on a house you're going to have to go into some debt 
But as long as your debt is going to equal or earn you money through the process, then you're okay. But if you keep borrowing money to pay debt, you're in bad debt. If you have to keep changing debt to get more debt covered, you need to change your ways. Now, uh, God does not tell us that uh, God's, God's formula is this. If you don't have the wherewithal to pay it, then don't get it. Plain and simple. So, well, I can get it. Yeah, but you're going to go farther in debt and can't pay your debt. So God does not want us to be a slave to debt. Or in unwise debt. More on that later. God does tell us, though, that we need to change our mind about owing people. I want you to notice verse number 8. It says, owe no man anything. Now watch this. But to love one another. Circle the word love now. When God is talking about owing a debt, God is saying, don't have a love debt. Don't owe someone love. Don't be indebted to someone because you won't make the payment on love. Don't owe them love that is theirs to be given. If you read the rest of or the verse 9 and verse 10, like, don't read it right now. Look at me. <laughs> Y'all look like yo-yos right now with your head bobbing up and down. But if you read verse 9, verse 10, he talks about different works. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt. But God says that the fulfilling of the law is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And he talks about everything about debt here is in reference to love. Money's never mentioned. So this is a love debt. In other words, God wants us to renew our mind how we view love. Now listen to me very carefully here. I'm about to make one of the most important statements I've ever made from behind this pulpit. Love is not a competition. It is an investment. Love is not a competition. It is an investment. And God uses banking terminology in reference to love. Look at it again. Look at verse number 8. Owe no man anything. In other words, that's a banking term. Then it says later in the verse... Uh, love one another he has fulfilled verse number 10 love is the fulfilling do you know what the word fulfill means it means to pay back the debt to pay it in full it literally is a banking term and god uses the financial world the banking world the investment world as a way for us to understand how we're to view love Now listen to me very carefully here. God said we should uh, try to live in such a way that we don't owe someone love. We should live with people uh, around us that do not lack love because we're unwilling to pay our love debt. 
let me bring it down to where we live in our world. I think it's very unwise, and if you came from a church like this, I'm not critical. Everybody understand that? I don't know who does it. I just know it gets done a lot. But I know pastors who will have uh, special offerings. Let's have a give it all Sunday. You give one entire week of your salary extra to God on that Sunday. And you live by faith. I'm here to tell you, that's stupid. You're not asking, God's, <laughs> that preacher's not asking you to live by faith. He's asking your mortgage company and your insurance company and the utility company and everybody else to live by faith while you give him extra money. Because he's too lazy to get off his blessed do nothing and pray it down. Everybody doing okay? Uh, as long as I have <laughs> what little sense I do have, we ain't never having one of those here. You say, why, preacher? Because I believe if we'll do our part, God will take care of what we cannot do. Yes, sir. I'll not take my paycheck before you give all yours. And that's the truth. And by the way, it's happened <laughs> many times. You say, preacher, it doesn't matter. Look, I'm fine. I'm not wasting away nothing yet. Now, hang on here. God uses... And when God says, oh, no man, anything, he's not talking about money. If you notice, money is never mentioned in the rest of the chapter even. So this has absolutely nothing to do with money, but in the same verse, it's talking about love. And all three of these verses are about not owing someone a love debt. In our world today, love has turned more into a competition than an investment. Let me illustrate. It becomes a bartering session, not an investment. Uh, parents try to buy the love of their children. They want to, well, I'll outdo your mom. I'll buy you a toy better than what your mom bought you. Hello. This happens a lot with step-parents and step-kids and all this other kind of, or when the families are separated and you only get half the time with the kids and, oh, well, I'll outdo your, your dad and I'll give you things that he can't give you. It, it becomes a, a buy-sell thing and we are, we are using it as a competition instead of loving as an investment. Please don't take this the wrong way, and you mature adults will understand what I'm saying here. You can't buy love, but you can rent cheapness. You can rent substitute, but it's not love. Everybody doing okay? I, I said that as nicely as know how. You can put that in any realm that you want. You might think you're buying your children's love. You're just renting it. Now, hang on here. You can't buy your spouse's love. Just because you go out and spend a bunch of money on your spouse doesn't mean they owe you a love debt. Everybody doing okay? Uh, love is satisfied in giving, not getting. We'll get into that in a moment here. People today seem to think if we throw money into it, that we are, 
okay, let's buy our kid a car when they graduate from high school. In the words of that famous American, Gomer Pyle, dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, I thank God my brother was three and a half years older than I. By the way, he'll be 60 years old this week. Uh, <laughs> boy, that makes you real old, doesn't it, Dad? Anyway, uh, <laughs> boy, you ought to see the stare I just got. <laughs> now, hang on for a second here. When my brother got a car, I said, that's not fair. My dad said, you want a car when you get 16? I said, yeah. He said, good. Earn your money. You can buy whatever car you want. But I'm not paying for it. That wasn't working out quite like I thought it was going to work out. I mowed grass, I shoveled snow, I mowed grass, I shoveled snow, I dug ditches, I painted, I did everything I could. I remember my first car, I got it, I paid $650 for a 1966 Mercury Comet. 289 automatic, man, that thing was sweet. It was falling apart, but it was sweet. <laughs> We welded it all back together. It had a unibody on it that was falling apart. Welded that thing back together. I didn't even get to drive it home. I was 15 when I bought it. My dad tortured me. He took me and my brother, and I had to sit in the front seat while my brother drove my car home. You talk about torture. That was not fun. But I also remember about six months to a year before I got that car, my dad says, by the way, if you're going to get a car, you have to pay for insurance, too. I said, I do? Yep. Well, there went a whole lot more work. He said, you got to pay it six months in advance, too. <laughs> okay. He said, if you're going to drive it, you're going to have to pay for your own gas, too. Good night. Gas is 70 cents a gallon. How am I going to afford that? <laughs> It had just gone up through the energy crunch, you know. I'm thinking, man, my dad's so mean. Thank God I had a had dad taught me character. Everybody doing okay? You can't buy your children's affection. You can't buy your spouse's affection. You might rent it for a while, but it's not a competition. So let me jump into this. God tells us to owe, not to owe a love debt. Again, this debt is not a competition. Uh, it's not about money. It's about love. Now, let's jump into this. We're going to use a lot of scripture tonight. I'm not going to say as much as I'm going to read probably. Because I want it to be what you hear from God's words, not my words. Here we go. God associates love with investing all through the Bible. God associates love with investing all through the Bible. We read here in Romans chapter 13, 8 through 10. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, look at verse number 14. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 14. Everybody there? Here we go. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his servants and delivered them unto his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. 
Then when he received the five talents, went and traded the same and made them five talents. Likewise, he that received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. The word reckoneth with them, that means he was going to settle the debt. It reckoned the books. He was going to settle the books. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful of a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of the Lord. He also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other beside uh, them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which hath received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went, hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, thou hast, uh, hast that in thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not, and gatherest where I strawed not, or have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money into exchangers, that at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, give it unto him which hath ten talents, for unto every one that hath shall be given, and he that shall have in abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And he cast, and cast ye unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now look at me. God is teaching us here through the parable of the talents that we are to gain interest on what the Lord gives us. Correct? In other words, God gives us love. If we hide it and don't use it, we are wicked and slothful. The more love we get, the more love we're to give. I didn't say it. God did. So preacher, I I have all this love, but if you're not using it, you're a wicked and slothful servant. I didn't say it. God did. And it is a love debt. Turn to, uh, by the way, love is given to us by God. And we're to take that love I'd invest it in somebody else. (laughs) Let me bring it down to where we live. I wonder (laughs) what little child at four and a half or five years old is not going to get saved because someone wouldn't invest their life into Sunday school and teach Sunday school kids. I thank God there was one lady that did so that I got saved. Everybody doing okay? I wonder what person won't get saved because we don't love people enough to give them the gospel. I wonder what person's going to go with their needs unmet because we're too selfish to go out there and love somebody we don't know. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Romans, Corinthians, Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Galatians chapter 6. Let's look at verse number 1. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1. 
Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own what? Work. And then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Now watch this. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For what's the next word? Okay, you all sounded like a bunch of quiet Methodists. What's the next word? Oh, whatsoever. So does that mean money? Yes. Does it mean love? Yes. It means whatsoever, right? For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Guess what? I wonder how much love is being sown. Say, well, I have a whole bunch of love. Sitting in the barn doesn't do any good. You've got to sow it. Well, I feel a lot of love. I'm glad you feel it. But unless you give it, what good is it? Amen. See, love is something we are to invest, like sowing and reaping. We are to sow love, and we will then reap the benefit of that. We are to invest that love so that when later there is a reaping for that love. For instance, please don't take this the wrong way. I loved my pastor, Dr. Jack Hiles. He invested his love into me. Now listen to this. 22 years after he's dead, guess what? I'm still trying to earn interest on that love for him. The things he had taught me, I am now using so that I can love you the way he loved me. And it expands my love and it's gaining profit for him. Everybody doing okay? I loved my mom. My mom's been in heaven almost three years. She loved me my whole life. As I love people the way my mom loved, guess what? I am using that in her investment in me. But if all I do is sit there and, oh, I, I love my mom so much I can't do anything without her. Oh, oh. And, uh, and I lose it because I'm so worried about what I'll never get again that I have wasted her investment. Instead of sitting there crying over what you'll never get again, why not use it to the benefit to help somebody else and expand on it? You've taken that talent and hid it in the dirt and said, okay, I'm afraid I'll lose it. I'm afraid I'll lose it. I'm afraid I'll lose it. And God said, you're a wicked and slothful servant. I didn't say it. He did. He said, to reap, you have to sow. Well, I reaped, but I, I, I don't want to lose it, so I'm not going to sow it. Guess what? You're going to lose it. You see, investing love... Given to you, profits the one who invested in you. Make sense to everybody? But because you've invested it, you also get profit. You also gain profit. 
you take that profit and reinvest it each time. And it's gaining more and more and more and more interest as you invest. Boy, that's good stuff. Investing your love teaches others how to invest love given to them. As I love you, you learn to love other people. I learned it from others, and they learned it from others, and it's been handed down, and we keep reinvesting it. Maybe I can illustrate it this way, and y'all will understand it. Uh, last fall, some of the farmers planted wheat. This spring, late spring, early summer, they harvested the wheat. Now, they didn't plant as much as they harvested. They only planted probably one one-hundredth of what they harvested. I think uh, the farm I hunt at, Bill told me he was getting about uh, 90 to 100 bushel an acre, which is a little high, but it was pretty good. Well, he didn't have 90 to 100 bushel an acre seed. Make sense? He probably planted a few bushel per acre. But boy, did he bring back a hundredfold plus. Now, wait a minute. Some of that was used, I'm sure, for feed. But some of it he sold off. Used for corn. Used for barley. Used for bean. Used for alfalfa. Used for hay. Used to buy equipment. Used to pay bills. And all the rest of that was profit that he re invested and from that profit just from that he he diversified his assets and reinvested it to bring more profit that's exactly what God's talking about here as we give love we reap the profit from it and we diversify it give it out to others and more people receive more love because we keep giving that love. But if you're so afraid of it that you hide it, guess what? God calls us wicked and slothful servants. And we owe a debt because we're too unwilling to invest. We're selfish. We want it all for ourselves. I have to move on. Number two. Love Hey, what is love? <laughs> Real easy. We read it in Romans chapter 13, verse number 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. In other words, God says love is fulfilling the law. We read in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ our love is to be used to help bear someone else's burden I chose this as my life's verse decades ago I do not live up to it like I should but I'll promise you one thing I don't want to owe a whole lot of love when I die 
I want to bear every burden I can so that God can use me and he knows that I love and I'm showing him my love as I invest that love by bearing people's burdens, not just collecting an offering. Everybody doing okay? Turn to 1 John chapter 4. Go to the book of Revelation and turn back a few pages. 1 John chapter 4. And you're going to have to follow quick because I'm going to read very quickly here because I'm going to read almost the whole chapter, chapter 4. But it's important. You need to hear it. 1 John chapter 4, look at verse number 7. Beloved, let us what? Okay, hang on. Everybody here? This is Grace Baptist Church, not Grace Methodist Church. All right. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might through him that we might live through him by the way God sent he gave correct herein is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man that hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us his spirit, capital S. And we have seen and do testify that the Father hath sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love of God hath to, uh, that, uh, the love that God hath to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. By the way, it's not talking about pretty skin, a pretty face, beautiful hair, and strong shoulders. He said, he that dwelleth in God loveth. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? This commandment have we from him that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. You can't love God without loving other people. Plain and simple. Turn back to chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, look at verse number 14. Again, I'm going to read quickly. Look at verse 13. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. <laughs> Can I bring that into modern days? Uh, marvel not, my brethren, because the world hates you. <laughs> Pretty close. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whoso hateth his brother is a murderer. 
And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he hath laid down his life for us. And ought to lay, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whosoever hateth, or hath this world's good, sounds like being conformed to the world. And seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth of the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but how should we love? In word, or in deed, and in truth. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. By the way, it's a fool that says, follow your heart. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have the confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Can I tell you what soever we ask is for somebody else, not for ourselves? It's the ability to love someone else, not for us to get and consume upon ourselves. Verse 23. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he hath kept his commandment, he that hath kept his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that we, uh, he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. Hmm. Let me read two other verses, just one other section of verses to you. John chapter 15, you need not turn there. John 15, verse 12 through 17 says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater, man, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, what did he command us? To love. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So, love is a command. Love is fulfilling a law. It is the keeping of truth. It is doing it God's way, not our way. It's doing it the Bible way, not the world's way. It's not your personality and how you like it. It's how does God want it. For the saved, we are to love, and it is a command. But listen to this statement. <laughs> Brother Anthony, I've read this book so many times, and I've not found one verse that says that I'm commanded to be loved. But I can show you time after time after time after time after time where God says that I'm commanded to love. I am never commanded to be loved. But by the law of sowing and reaping, the more love I sow, the more love I will reap. My uncle was here this weekend. Before he left, he said, he said, Craig, he said, uh, He's allowed to call me that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he said, God has blessed you. He said, I spent one weekend here. He said, I think if I come back six months or a year from now, 
I'd have friends at that church. I said, I don't think I know. He said, those people are loyal to you. He said, I pity anybody who comes in there and tries to do something to you. He said, they ain't walking out alive. He said, that's the most unusual thing I've ever seen. I said, it's not about what they do for me. He said, I already know what it is. He said, it's obvious when you preach, it's for them, it's not for you. He said, but you reap back because of what you're giving them. Guess what? That's what God says. You're so wrapped up in what you get that you're giving nothing. You're to give and invest. An investment takes a long time for it to mature. It doesn't happen right away. Love, is, love does not expect to be given back. Mark uh, the scripture passage of 1 Corinthians 13 down and read it later. God tells us how to love. I've got to give you just a few more verses here and then we'll wrap it up, I promise you. Turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. I'm not reading long passages but I want to show you what God says, and I'll be done. Matthew chapter 22, how are we to love? Well, let's find out what God says his definition of giving is. Look at verse number 36. Matthew chapter 22, look at verse number 36. Master, they were talking to Jesus, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. Now look at me. God does not give you a command without the ability to obey it. That means we have the ability to love with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, according to Scripture. Look at Mark chapter 12, next book of the Bible. Mark chapter 12, look at verse number 30. Mark chapter 12, verse number 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. The second was uh, like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Skip. Uh, and the scribe said unto him, Well, master, uh, thou hast said the truth. There is one God and there is uh, none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength. And to love his neighbor as himself is more than the whole burnt offerings and sacrifice. Huh. Owe no man anything but to love. Luke chapter 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 10. Look at verse number 27. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. We read earlier 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Let me quote it to you. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not 
Listen to the next phrase. Knoweth not God, for God is love. Look at me to understand this. When you don't love this way to others, it's because your love this way is not right. If your love up to God is right, you can't help but love others right. Well, I just can't get along with this person. Then you're not getting along with God. Well, I just, uh, I, I, I don't care what love relationship it is. If you have a strained love relationship with a human, you have a strained love relationship with your God. You are not right with God if you're not loving others. <laughs> Let me say it this way. You're not really right with God unless you're loving all others. I didn't say you like all others. But you must love all others. <laughs> when our love for God is strained, we're not hooked up to the supply. He's the electricity, we're the plug in the, in the wire. And when there's no juice at the other end, it's because we're not plugged in to the source. So when it's not plugged into the source, everything down below gets all fouled up. Everybody doing okay? Boy, that's good stuff. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. You did not turn there. I'll just read it to you. Galatians 5, 14 says this. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. James 2, 8. Let me read this to you. James chapter 2, verse number 8 says this. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. Let me ask you a question. We are to love others as we love ourselves. Do you love anybody more than yourself? You see, love is not based on blood or last name. This is how I can be closer to you than even some of my own family. I'm closer to many of you men than my own brother, my nephews and nieces and cousins. And uh, you say, why? Because we're together more. And I can invest my love into you more. Doesn't mean I hate the rest of my family. But what it means is that ability to invest that is because I'm here. Does that make sense to everybody? But see, some of some people think, well, because they don't share my bloodline or they don't share my name, then I shouldn't love them. By the way, you're to love your stepchildren as much as you love your own children. You're to love your stepparents as much as you love your own parents. You're supposed to love your in-laws as much as you love your own parents. Ooh, that one hurt. I won't tell you what my mother-in-law said this morning. It is way too funny. And I will get in trouble for that one. Huh. 
Romans chapter 13, verse number 11 says this. And that, knowing that the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For, is, uh, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. God says it's high time that we Christians wake up out of our sleep and quit sucking up being loved and start loving. God says it's high time to wake up. I didn't say it. He did. Read it. You say, why? Because you owe a love debt. Well, how much am I supposed to love? As much as Christ did. You see, we're to take all of our love and the love others have invested in us and invest that love in others, not trying to compete with others. We're to invest in others. Brother Fugit and I were together uh, about a year ago. He said, Brother Bush, he said, I know you're going to understand this statement. There's a lot of people that brag about how close they were to Brother Hiles. How much Brother Hiles loved them. How much they loved Brother Hiles. Oh, how close they were. He said, and they couldn't be farther from the truth. He said, when they've got to get up and brag about it, they didn't know him. He said, I love talking to you because I had conversations with Brother Hiles. He said, you speak the same language he spoke. You use the same illustrations he used. He said, you really did know him. You really did love him. He said, I enjoy people that knew him like you do. And that may be why he and I get together so well, because we understand each other. I don't know. I didn't get close to Brother Hiles so I could be famous. I didn't like my name in the Chicago Tribune, listed on lawsuits. I don't use Brother Hiles' name to be famous. Uh, I use it because I loved him, and he loved me. He taught me how to love. And I'm going to take that investment and keep investing it and watching it grow and Watch it gain profit and get more of it so that I can invest more of it. Not only do I profit from it, but he'll profit from it one day. Isn't that what God means when he says, Oh, no man anything but to love one another? It's not talking about money. It's talking about love.